We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, February the 17th, 2020. On today's show, I break down a busy weekend in Gamecocks sports. South Carolina basketball getting a huge win at home. Gamecocks baseball sweeping Holy Cross. Some football staff changes. Your listener questions and a fantastic interview with former Gamecocks right-handed pitcher Reed Morgan that I know that you are sure to enjoy. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at New Ground Hard Nitro Lattes. Guys, If you didn't come to the tailgate, you missed out on Friday, but let me tell you about Newground, this brand, this company, this drink, they are absolutely amazing. We had all the Newground drinks out at the tailgate on Friday afternoon. Everyone loved them. Everyone that I've talked to, I've given them to, they love them. They're delicious. They're especially amazing if you're a big coffee drinker like me, but they are the best. They have two flavors, cafe latte and chai latte which have five percent alcohol so again it's enough to enjoy it casually if you just want to be at home if you want to start your day with it i don't care which one you want to have it with some friends but if you want to have a good time at the tailgate if you're at a party whatever it may be it is perfect for any setting guys like i said they taste amazing as well and there's actually a reason for that they're made with real coffee and tea natural flavors real sugar they're gmo free when you taste these things you're going to taste the natural flavors. It's going to taste like a delicious drink. You know, a lot of times when you drink an alcoholic beverage, you're having to sacrifice taste for the buzz you're trying to achieve. Not with Newground. These things are phenomenal. Again, you can't even really taste the alcohol in them in a good way. You taste all those natural flavors. You taste the coffee flavor, and it just tastes really, really, really good. Um, It has naturally occurring caffeine in the cafe latte flavor, or you can go with a chai latte, which is caffeine-free. So you can find these drinks all over the southeast, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and any stores like Harris Teeter, Publix, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, Food Lion, really anywhere, guys. If you can't find it, ask for it because these guys are everywhere and they are taking over. If you want to learn more about them, be sure to check them out at drinknewground.com and be sure to follow them on social media at drinknewground for new happenings within Newground. Again, that's Newground Hard Nitro Lattes imported from Holland. Drinknewground.com and follow them on social media at drinknewground. All right, let's get into it. you guys tuning in we have got a packed show so much to break down basketball baseball football literally covering 
everything on this show. Really, really do appreciate you guys tuning in. And let's go ahead and jump right into it. I want to start on the hardwood because, man, what a game. Gamecocks basketball finds a way to get it done, 63-61 to over the Tennessee Volunteers. We're still alive, baby. We're still fighting. We are still fighting for the dance. This Gamecocks basketball team finds a way to come back, win an ugly game, win a sloppy game. You know, it's funny. Everybody I talked to about this game said, we didn't deserve to win. We didn't deserve to win. We didn't deserve to win. At the end of the day, who really gives a damn? You find a way to get the win, 63-61. Crazy how evenly matched these two teams were. Again, South Carolina wins 63-61. 30 to 29 into the first half, a back and forth second half. You find yourself down seven. You literally come back, eke it out, just finding a way. Shout out to this team and the character of this team. On a nightly basis, we continue to see what the character, what the makeup is like of these guys. You know, it's crazy. Again, there's been so many opportunities this season for this Gamecocks basketball team where it could have folded, it could have quit, it could have said, woe is me. It could have said, oh, we're not a good free throw shooting team, so whatever, let It has never done that. It has never quit. It always continues to fight. And, again, that's kudos to Frank Martin, the culture he's built. I do want to say one thing, by the way, before we dive into the the ins and outs of this game, why South Carolina won, et cetera, et cetera. I want to say one thing, and this is a very, very, very small percentage of people, and I'm not going to call any names specifically, but if you are a person on social media that – immediately following a big win, because they only do this after big wins, immediately following a big win in any sport, but especially basketball and football, because those are the two sports I've been most critical of the head coaches. If your first reaction after a big win is to try to comb through someone's tweets and, I mean, literally the first thing, instead of celebrating and enjoying the win like a normal, rational human being, your first reaction is to try to call someone out on something they said or comb through tweets or, you know, come after someone for something, you know, bringing up negative things, whatever. Like, that is an indictment on you, not the person that had a, an, an opinion on the head coach or the season, you know, two months ago. Um, I bring this up because this happened at the Tennessee game. Obviously, we're all celebrating happy. Um, and you guys know my thoughts. Listen. I still think Frank Martin's a maniac. I still think he's a little bit of a psycho. Never said he was not a good coach, though. I mean, I called him a drunk uncle at a barbecue. I still love my drunk uncle, though. I, 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 we love Frank Martin. He is crazy. He's a little loopy, but he's a damn good basketball coach. You knew his team would turn it on. I said that before over and over and over and over and over again. And you still have fans that want to come out. And, and like I said, it's, it's only after wins, which makes it even more insane. People wanting to say, oh, you shouldn't celebrate. Oh, look, remember when you said this, when you said that? Like, if that's your mindset, that is more of an indictment on you than it is me. There's, there's, I feel for you. I really do. I feel bad for you. And I'm just going to let you guys know, if you DM me trying to say, hey, let me come on your show and let me debate this point to you, you better have more than 60 followers because there's really no value in it for me for you to do that. I just want to make that point and throw it out there, just how heinous and absurd and ridiculous that entire situation was. So if you want to disagree with my opinions and what I say, that's completely fine. But it's like people don't understand that an opinion can change and shift throughout the season, especially with the Frank Martin side of things when I said and acknowledged 
This is not me saying fire Frank Martin. I'm a Frank Martin fan and supporter. I think he's a good basketball coach. I expect him to turn it around this season. I said all of those things. Was I also tired of Frank Martin and his shit with the sho- shoving the player and stuff early in the season? Yes. Would If he did that tomorrow, would I say that exact same thing? Yes. But he's still a good basketball coach. Never, never, never once said he wasn't. Never once did I say to fire him. There are just times where, you know, he goes off and we kind of get, you know, it's a little annoying. But he's a good basketball coach. So, just saying. And then, and then again, if I took every DM request from fans to come on my show and debate and argue, I mean, there would be no more guests. There would be no more show. It would just be fans trying to get 15 seconds of fame, calling in, trying to, trying to voice whatever opinion they might have. So, if you want to call in, there's a voice line. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. You can leave your thoughts, and I'll, I'll play them on the air, and we can go from there. But again, I didn't even mean to go off on a tangent on this. But if your first reaction after a big win for South Carolina is to be miserable, that is an indictment on you, not on me. So throwing that out there again. Let's get into the game. <laughs> Sorry about that again. I did not mean to go off on that rant. But let's get into the game. Huge win for South Carolina. You know, it's it's crazy. We talked about – I really talked about every game from this point on is a must win, right? There, there, There's no point in me coming on every show and previewing these games and saying, hey, tonight's a must win, tomorrow's a must – like, they all feel pretty much like a must win type of game. You know, that, that, that game Saturday night really had a March Madness tournament type feeling to it. Both teams, you know, kind of on the bubble, you know, sitting there in the middle of the SEC pack, needing to win these games, and the Gamecocks, again, finding a way. You get to 8-4 and four in conference, 16-9 overall. Meanwhile, Tennessee drops to 14-11, 6-6 in conference. Shout out to Mike Kotsar. God, how can we start anywhere else? Mike Kotsar, 13 points on the night. But more importantly, making the big plays when it counted. A guy, he played 38 minutes, guys. He played 38 minutes. I thought it was so ironic for this South Carolina basketball team, that it comes down the end of the game, a team that has been so bad shooting free throws. And we were bad again Saturday night. I mean, 19-32 from the free throw line, 59%. But, hell, Tennessee only shot 61%. It, it comes down to free throws. And the reason we win is Mike Coatsar making free throws. I mean, who would have thought Mike Coatsar has pretty much become our best free throw shooter? I mean, it's crazy. It's insane to think. But shout-out to Mike Kosar again. I, I said it before that I, I was very skeptical of Mike coming in the season. All he's done is had his best year in Garnet and Black. It's been crazy and phenomenal to watch the, the growth from Mike, how well he's playing. But, again, he finishes with 13 points. Jermaine Kuznard, ho-hum, doing what he does with 12 points. And then from there, I thought it was really well spread out. I mean, A.J. Lawson with nine points. I will say A.J. needs to play better. 100% needs to play better, but gives you nine points. You had uh, Jalen McCreary gave you eight points. Trey Hannibal with eight. Jair Bolden with eight. Um, Keyshawn Bryant with two. He's got to play better for this South Carolina team. He has, and I say that because he has so much potential. A guy that could be a double-digit points-per-game type guy. Keyshawn with two, but then, you know, Levesque with three. But overall spread out a lot. It is crazy, I'll say this. It's crazy how similar – Saturday's game was to the first time first time these two teams met. 
You know, I, I really expected – I thought it would be much more of an offensive explosion. I thought these two teams were in much different places than they were the first time they met. Nope. This game pretty much mirrored that first time. I mean, Tennessee shooting you – know, the shooting was a little better. Give it, give it credit. Um, Tennessee shooting 43% from the field, 29% from three-point range. South Carolina shooting 40% from the field and 31% from three-third range. John Fulkerson, my God, the Fulkerson kid. 25 points for Tennessee. I mean, just he could not be stopped. I know a lot of people are going to sit here and probably ask me about the the, uh, the refs. Guys, if we talked about the refs every single game, I'd feel like a broken record. I know the refs weren't good. I know they weren't. SEC refs stink in every sport, too. Football, baseball, basketball, they're bad in everything. So, yes, the refs are bad. Moving on. <laughs> um, but, you know, j- just a huge game. I mean, South Carolina finding a way – to win a game you absolutely had to have. We knew that, you know, and now South kind of finds itself, you know, you got a huge week coming up, obviously with Mississippi state on the road. You got a huge game with LSU at home Saturday night, next Saturday night, you know, the path is there. I really think the path is there to, to get in the tournament. I think it really is. I mean, especially if you can go two and zero this week, but this Tennessee game to me really felt like one you had to have. You know, you could afford to lose at Tennessee once, but you had to split. You had to win on your home floor. Again, I was more so impressed just from a team perspective, just the character, like I said in the beginning, the character this team continues to show game after game after game. Again, you're down seven late in the game. You know, you you have every excuse and reason to fold there and lose. You really do. And – this team just shows a resiliency, a toughness. I think you've seen this team grow a ton as far as the maturity level. Um, it's been awesome to see. I mean, it just has been great to see. I will say my heart absolutely dropped that last possession when Tennessee South kind of decides to foul, which I think was smart. You know, the Vols are down three, a foul, and they shoot two free throws or they have, they have to make a decision. When they missed that second free throw and they put that shot up, it was terrifying because it, it – I mean, he had a decent look. He definitely had a decent look. But, like I said, all that matters in the end, you find a way. You find a way. Again, you can say they didn't deserve to win. Maybe you're right. We also didn't deserve to lose in Knoxville. So, <clears throat> I think the two even themselves out. But you find a way to get the W. And, again, now, ESPN on Sunday writing up its article, South Carolina, a team that – has inserted itself into the bubble talks. And I think, again, rightfully so, 16-9 overall, 8-4 and four in conference. Big wins at Kentucky, at Virginia. I mean, South Carolina's got one of the most unique resumes in the entire country. So, these last, what, two, three weeks or so going into the SEC tournament are going to be very, very, very interesting. No questions asked. But – that win on Saturday night, I just think, was a microcosm of the Frank Martin era almost in the sense of a tough, hard-fought game, but his team's showing fight and resiliency and a lot of character. And I was just proud to see that. Shout-out to the crowd as well at CLA. Phenomenal. Great atmosphere. Great environment for college basketball. Um, again, I'm just so happy and so proud of this team. It's just crazy to think – how far these guys have come since, you know, losses to Boston and Stetson. But, uh, you know, still work to be done. Again, you take it one game at a time. I hate to sound cliche and have that type of approach, but a lot of work to be done at Mississippi State on Wednesday night. It's going to be a really, really big one. That's a 9 o'clock tip Wednesday night. Uh, And then Saturday night, 
Yeah, I believe that's right. Yes. Saturday night, um, 6 o'clock against LSU. Going to be a really, really big one. LSU, obviously one of the best teams in the SEC. I think Mississippi State's another one of those swing games. But on their floor, you know, going to be tough. We'll obviously talk about that one more on Tuesday, but or excuse me, on Wednesday. But, uh, you know, just a great win. Just a great win. Again, I, John Fulkson, I cannot believe went off for 25 points. But, again, in the end, either way, who gives a damn? A win is a win is a win is a win in the SEC, and the Gamecocks found a way to get it done. Um, all right, let's move to the diamond. South Carolina takes care of business against Holy Cross. Before we do that, though, you know, I got you guys, I got to talk about my friends over at Ag South Farm Credit because the Spurs Up show is brought to you by Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. They're cooperatives, so they share in their profits with their member borrowers. So guys, for example, on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it. Guys, whether you're buying a house this year, 2021, 22, whatever it may be, if you're thinking about buying land, buying a house, whether it's your first house, your dream house, whatever, there's a lot of different decisions that can go. And it's, it's a process. I mean, it's a major process to do that. You got to make sure you have the money, number one. You got to get an agent. You got to get a lender. There's a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. You know, they got to look at your bank account. It can be a very stressful, strenuous process. Ag South Farm Credit, guys, they are that lender that you need. They're going to be there for you every single step of the way, holding your hand, answering all your questions, making the process really as super simple and super easy as it can possibly be. One of the questions they get asked most often is somebody will find a plot of land to buy, whether it's 20 acres, 30 acres, 50 acres, whatever it might be, how much would I need as a down payment, right, guys? Like, how much am I going to need up front money-wise? So, Typically, they require a minimum of 15% down, but that'll ultimately be determined by term and other factors like your credit. So normally, the longer the term, the bigger the risk, which means they like a little more skin in the game on your end. So if you do want any more information on down payments or anything else, give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Again, that's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C.com slash T-S-U-S. Ag South is an equal housing lender, NMLS. 619788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash TSUS, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, like I said, let's talk about Gamecocks baseball. On the diamond, South Carolina sweeping the Holy Cross Crusaders, getting a sweep. You know, it's funny, I'm actually recording this Sunday after the Sunday game, and I am finally just now thawing out. If it sounded like in that first little segment there, I was – uh like stuttering or just what it feels like my mouth right now, like kind of, kind of frozen right now, but, <laughs> but no. So yeah, cold, miserable day on Sunday, but South Carolina, again, the main point finds a way to get the sweep, um, takes care of business against the Holy Cross Crusaders. You take a look at this series. First things first, I want to say this. Um, now that the series is over and this is taking nothing away from South Carolina, Holy Cross is not a very good baseball team. <laughs> um, I've never seen a team. If you watched all three games, I've never seen a team in my entire life 
drop so many pop-ups that Holy Cross dropped. Listen, I know Holy Cross has probably been working out indoors for the last four months or so, but I've just never seen a college baseball team struggle so mightily to communicate in the field and just, just drop, just, just to catch pop-ups. So many drop pop-ups this weekend. Holy Cross is a bad team defensively. I think they had like four errors Friday, three Saturday. Um, didn't really get the chance to make any Sunday, but just a, a woeful, woeful performance by Holy Cross in the field. Also, another thing, Holy Cross, if there's any Holy Cross Crusaders fans listening to this or any Gamecock fans that want to write a note to Holy Cross, your pitching coach should be fired because the tempos – of the pitchers this weekend. And what I mean by the tempos is basically just when you get the ball back from the catcher, how long it takes for you to get the ball back to the plate. Like, if you watch South Carolina's pitchers, there's a rhythm to it. You know what I mean? Like, you're taught as a pitcher to kind of keep it moving. You get the ball back, get on the mound, let's go. Don't take forever because the game centers around the pitcher, right? We The game only moves as quickly as the speed of the pitcher. God, I mean, Friday and Saturday, not quite as bad Sunday, but – Friday and Saturday, these pitchers are about to put you to sleep. I mean, the lefty on Saturday, what are you doing? Let's get it moving, my guy. So, uh, brutal, the tempos. Whoever the pitching coach is, figure it out. Figure it out so other teams don't have to go through that madness that we just experienced. Um, when you look at this weekend as a whole, switching to South Carolina, you know, obviously you're very happy, very impressed. I mean, you get three big wins. I mean, the game's – you know, you felt like we're never really in question. I mean, listen, again, now the series is over. South Carolina was a much, much better team. You should have won all three games. I mean, you start out on Friday, you win the game 10-0. Carmen Majinski, fantastic performance. He shuts it down. 9-4 win on Saturday, which the game Saturday had an eerily similar feeling to Friday where you have a big first inning, you chip away after, get the win 9-4. And then Sunday, obviously, with a lot to take – uh, hard to take a lot away, I should say, from it. But you get the win 5 nothing on a really tough, rainy, cold day. But you win 5 nothing. Um, so, you know, there's really nothing to be upset about necessarily. Um, a couple of things that I noticed that, you know, not necessarily wave a red flag to me, but team average was 241. Um, and, again, you score 10, 9, and 5 in half a game. So the offense did its job. But the team average being 241 – you have 19 strikeouts. I will say, hitting was my concern coming in the year. I think you saw a lot of good things at the plate. I think you saw a lot of new guys step up and have good weekends. You know, Andrew Eister was seeing a beach ball. Braylon Wimmer, as a true freshman, I think, really introducing himself to South Carolina fans. Um, you know, I thought Brennan Malone put together some nice at-bats. I thought Dallas Beaver put together some nice at-bats. Bryant Bowen, obviously, hitting home run in his first uh, – his first at bat was South Carolina. You know, I thought you saw the approaches were a lot better. I thought it was a good mix. You didn't necessarily just rely on power. I thought South Carolina did a good job stealing a lot of bases. You know, Noah Campbell, heck, had three stolen bases in one game on Friday afternoon. South Carolina putting runners in motion a lot more, playing some small ball. But, again, when you needed the home run, you were able to get it. But I want to see the average go up. 241 against Holy Cross pitching – not going to get it done. And, again, I don't want to look too deeply into it, but I feel like we almost have to be hypersensitive after what happened last season. And, again, it's only one weekend. And, again, you only played a half a game on Sunday. So, those averages all could have gone up. You could have scored more runs, whatever. Um, the, the, like I said, the only complaint I had on the Friday game, really, and then the rest of the weekend was 
the strikeouts I think can be improved. But again, I'm so hypersensitive from the strikeouts a year ago um, because they were so bad. So I want to continue to see this 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 lineup develop. Um, I know they tinker with some different starting lineups, some guys in some different positions, some guys in some different spots in the, in the lineup necessarily. So I, I, I'm still kind of, you know, obviously I'm still holding judgment on the, on the hitting, if you will. I still think this lineup can be really good. I think you've got a lot of fresh new faces that showed sort of what they're capable of this weekend. But, you know, you, you just want to improve that average. Again, a 241 average is it, – it's, you know, you, again, you did what you're supposed to do. I, I hate I, – I will say, one thing that kind of bugged me is people complaining and being annoyed after you win a game 10 nothing on Friday night. I mean, listen, did they make four hours four, – four, four errors? Yes, but you took advantage. I don't care. Ten runs is ten runs. I don't give a damn if you, you scored them on ten walks. Ten runs is ten runs. You did your job at the plate. But, again, we'll continue to monitor, continue to watch this lineup grow and evolve, if you will. Um, again, I already talked about Braylon Wimmer the weekend he had. He really stood out to me as a guy. Braylon Wimmer and Jeff Heinrich, two guys in the infield. that I know Jeff didn't have a great weekend at the plate. I think he went like 0 for 4, 0 for 5, but really, really good in the field defensively. Um, you know, we now see why Noah has moved to outfield. Braylon Wimmer, unbelievable at second base this weekend. Unbelievable. Really stood out, especially the Friday night game. He had the opportunity to show off the glove, made a couple diving plays. You know, he's a dude to me that is probably your starting shortstop next season when George Khalil is gone. Um, six foot four kid that runs like a gazelle. I mean, runs like a gazelle. So really impressed with Braylon Wimmer. Moving to the pitching, you know, I, I, th- I thought on the flip side the pitching was phenomenal. Um, as a staff, yeah, I think you have a one, yeah, one five seven ERA staff ERA. I thought the pitching was great. We saw a lot of encouraging things. You know, starting with Carmen Majinski. Really, I think, just setting the tone on Friday night. Um, he had a great performance. Looked like that true Friday night ace that South Carolina missed a year ago. Graham Lawson coming in, doing some nice things after him. Um, you know, you take a look at Saturday. Brett Carey as well. You know, he had the one bad inning where I think he just left the ball up, was leaving the ball up at the belt and the letters, which, you know, he got punished for it. But 12 strikeouts in five innings. The kid's got good stuff. He's a strike thrower. Um, breaking ball, really sharp, really, really good. Brandon Jordan on Sunday, you know, again, tough to take anything away from that Sunday game, but in that limited action, I mean, he threw all five innings. He looked really, really good, spun the ball beautifully. He's a guy, like I said before, has a repeatable delivery, throws down in the zone in a downward angle, makes it tough on hitters, really sharp breaking ball, really just polished Juco guy. And, again, I've said that before, but you watch him. He does not look like anything like a true freshman or anything like that. Really, really polished Juco pitcher. Danny Lloyd on Saturday, I told you guys all preseason, his shit is nasty, and it is. 95 with the fastball, 88 with the slider. Ain't nobody going to hit that. <laughs> Nobody's hitting that. I thought Cam Tringali Saturday also showed he can be that middle-inning guy. I think he's going to be very, very useful for the Gamecocks in that role, being that middle relief guy, if you will, able to eat up, you know, whatever they need him to, one, two, three innings, whatever it may be. Um so, overall, I mean, I, I was happy with the pitching. I really don't have any complaints with the, pick, the pitching. Uh, I know Julian Bosnick through Saturday, I would just say the one thing, he needs to throw more strikes. That's a huge thing. But, you know, as a whole, you judge the pitching staff, again, a one five seven ERA. Um, I mean, you gave up literally four runs in three games. And I don't think anybody is going to complain about that. And really, I mean, again, outside of two or three bad pitches that gave up those four runs, um, 
you know, you, you had a phenomenal weekend on the mound, no doubt. You took care of business. And that is my really biggest key takeaway is that South Carolina, simply put, took care of business. And I don't think it should be taken lightly by South Carolina fans. Because, again, you can certainly take this for granted and say, oh, Holy Cross sucked, blah, 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 whatever. But college baseball is a funny game. You look at Georgia. They almost lost to Richmond on Friday night to start the season. Um, the Gamecocks were team, was a team that, you know, came in this year losing the last two opening days. So to come out, take care of business, says a lot about this team. Again, it's a success, definitely a team you should have swept, and you did. So kudos to the boys. Um, let's move into the TSUS Series MVP. Um, throughout the season, guys, I'm going to be doing Series MVP, who's hot, who's not, kind of like I did last season. So we'll start with the Series MVP. There were a couple different guys I threw around for this, but to me, I'm going to go with the guy, again, that I said in the beginning, set the tone for this Gamecocks baseball team this weekend, and that is Carmen Majinski. Um, I've been talking all fall, all spring, all offseason about just what type of guy he can be for this South Carolina baseball team and the type of guy, simply put, that he needs to be for this baseball team. He did that at more on Friday night. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no earned, obviously, three strikeouts. I mean, the dude – the stuff was big time. I mean, this is big time Friday night ace type of stuff. Um, I told everyone, hey, if you can, buy yourself a ticket and get yourself down to Founders Park and watch this kid, Carmen Majinski, throw the baseball. He did not disappoint. Um, I, I, again, I, I loved the – he's got, you know, the mound presence, obviously, the moxie, the, 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 the tempo, like I talked about earlier on the mound, but the stuff, I mean, the cutter, guys, let me just say, the cutter, the cutter's unbelievable. The cutter is unbelievable. 88-89 moving. You can't see what I'm putting right now, but, like, it's, it's moving a good, a good six inches. I mean, just disgusting. Disgusting pitch to go with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball that tails away, you know, a devastating breaking ball, a plus changeup. I mean, he has the full arsenal of pitches, and that cutter is just going to add a whole different dynamic. I mean, Holy Cross pitchers, they had to be so – or, excuse me, Holy Cross hitters – they had to be so devastated when they saw this kid trotting back out there for the seventh. Because, really, Carmen probably could have went the whole game. I mean, the pitch count, he kept it down, was beautiful. Um, really set the tone for South Carolina, though. I was extremely impressed. And, again, after an offseason full of questions, fans wondering, what is Carmen Majinski going to look like? Can he be that guy? He passes his first test. And, again, like I said, a team that coming off such a bad year in 2019 and fans looking for something to feel good about with this baseball team, losing two straight opening days. I thought Carmen really took it upon himself to, again, set the tone and set the tone for the entire weekend. So Carmen Majinski, my series MVP for opening weekend. Um, all right, who's hot, who's not? We're going to start with who's hot. Got to go with Andrew Eister here. Three for nine, two homers, four RBIs. Guy was seeing a beach ball this weekend. You know, talked about in the preseason, he's a guy that I think could be one of South Carolina's leading hitters. He certainly showed that over the weekend. Again, three for nine, three, two of those three hits being home runs. And, folks, they were bombs. If you either missed them or did not see them in person, they were bombs. Eister, just looking at him, I mean, a real polished hitter, a real veteran guy, sort of what you expect for him. But I'm really excited for what he's going to do this season and the rest of this season as well. Um, who's not – you know, I, I – I hate to pick out one guy because there wasn't really anybody that had a noticeably bad weekend, um, but, and I hope he doesn't feel like I'm picking on him. But Brady Allen, uh, one for eight on the weekend, had a double, but one for eight. So a tough weekend at the plate for Brady Allen. Actually did not even play Sunday, so he could have gotten his average up if he had he played. But 
didn't play Sunday, but, you know, again, I, I hated to even pick somebody, but kind of have to. Who's not? Brady Allen, one for eight at the plate. Uh, you take a look at what's next for this team. Tuesday, you got Winthrop at home. Wednesday against PC, both those games at 4 o'clock. A chance in the midweek, again, to continue to build, to continue to find out who you are, play with some different lineups. But overall, guys, a successful first weekend. I mean, you get the sweep. I mean, anytime you get a sweep, it's a great weekend. So, again, I think there are things Mark Kingston and staff can certainly look at. Um, they can take a deep dive into, especially on the hitting side, and, you know, improve on their teachable moments. I'm not freaking out over the hitting or anything like that. I definitely want to see improvements as we go through non-conference play. Because, again, if you're a team hitting 240 in non-conference, it's going to be pretty hard to convince me you're going to hit worth a damn in SEC play. But overall, a successful weekend, a fun weekend at the park for sure. You get three big wins. Uh, we had good weather two of the three days. Sunday obviously being very miserable. I was freezing cold. It was rainy. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You got to love it. And the Gamecocks get the win. You get the sweep. A good weekend at the ballpark. A good weekend at the office for the good guys. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit of football. I, I do want to touch on this. This news dropped Friday afternoon, um, and I definitely do want to touch on it. So, contrary to what we learned early in the week last week, Brian McClendon did not get the job with the Steelers. It comes out on Friday. There was a board of trustees meeting to approve uh, uh, the new defensive line coaches, Kurt Rocker's uh, salary. I'm, I think I'm saying his name wrong, but Rocker, whatever. The guy from Tennessee, approved his salary. He's making like 525000 The bigger news out of that, and it's Newt Rocker, I believe. I do apologize. I, I'm actually going to Google this guy. I don't normally do this um, while I'm on the show. This is great podcast content, I know. Tracy Rocker. Where am I getting these names from? Uh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking of Kumar Rocker, his son, the pitcher for Vanderbilt, because I was just talking to him about it, talking about him to a buddy of mine. Tracy Rocker. It was a meeting to approve Tracy Rocker's salary. I do apologize there, guys. But again, some other news coming out of that. Brian McClendon is returning as wide receivers coach. Bobby Bentley sliding back over to running backs coach. As you can all imagine, <laughs> this got a very interesting reaction from the Gamecock fan base. Um, Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this pretty short and sweet in regards to this because I'm going to reemphasize what I said last week. When I said that, guys, I, I think the assistant, coaching's, assistant coaches deal it was getting overplayed a little bit last week. Like, again, like I said last week, I just don't think it's that big of a deal who you bring in and hire. If we go eight and four or four and eight, Tracy Rocker is not going to be getting the credit or the blame for it. Simply put, just not. I mean, I want you to surround yourself with good coaches and have a good staff for sure, but I'm also not going to be the guy on social media, and I'm not going to be the guy on this podcast, guys, who's like, oh, my God, let me tell you how awesome this hire is and why this is going to be a game changer for the program. Like, no, nah, if Muschamp and Bobo don't do their jobs, none of it matters anyways, and everybody's out the door. But I do want to speak on this because, you know, when you lost Thomas Brown, it was a big loss, and you, 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 knew, you knew you were probably going to downgrade to some degree. But to put Bobby Bentley back in the running back coach position, is it not just such a typical must-champ move? Is it not just such a typical will must-champ move? Is it not? I mean, do we really expect anything more? 
from Muschamp. You know, Brian McClendon returning, whatever. I, I don't dislike Brian McClendon. I think we're paying him way too much. I mean, $1.2 million for a wide receivers coach. I still find – I'll be honest with you guys. I'm still very skeptical he's on the staff in the fall. I mean, how tough must it be to show up to work every day when you were demoted? I mean, that's got to be a very big ego hit. So, I think if he gets any sort of decent job offer, he's probably gone. Maybe not. I mean, I think it's kind of ironic that last week people were basically cursing Brian McClendon and talking shit about him and so happy he was leaving, and then now he comes back. It's like, oh, uh, okay, welcome back. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's crazy in that regard. But that, whatever. Brian McClendon's back. Whatever. Is what it is. But Bobby Bentley to running backs. Coach, listen, again, if we go 4-8 and eight in 2020, I'm not going to sit there and blame it on Bobby Bentley. I'm not. He was on the staff last year. Hell, I'm, but I'm not going to blame it because, oh, that switch from running backs or tight ends coach to running backs coach, that's what did it. That's why we had a bad 2020. No, I'm not going to do that. But in a year where you're going into you know for a fact a undisputable fact that your job is on the line and you put Bobby Bentley as your running backs coach? Have we not already done this? Is there not a reason he got moved out of that position in the first place? Is there not? You're telling me you couldn't have found anyone else? And for those of you asking, why didn't he just fire Bobby Bentley? Well, let me tell you something about Bobby Bentley. Bobby Bentley is one year away. He's a state employee, right? He is one year away from getting the retirement package, plan, pension, whatever. And you know Will Muschamp's a buddy-buddy guy. He's a friend guy. He looks out for his buddies. He's definitely not going to do that to Bobby Bentley. But either way, I, I just – the hirings, guys, honestly, my opinion, again, I sort of still stand where I stood last week in the sense that – I'm not going to oversell you on how good of a hire this is, and I'm not going to, you know, I, I guess take shots at the program and say, oh, my God, this just proves that our program is in shambles, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it, it's just such a – it's just such a typical must-champ thing. It's so must-champ that it hurts. It really is. It, it really is. and. Again, will it have really any big type of impact on the 2020 season? Probably not. But, God, man, like you have a fan base that's just dying for you to do something to get them on your side. And you put Bobby Bentley back at the running back's coach position? <sighs> tough. Tough. Very tough. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say other than that. We'll just see how it pans out. So, all right, got a few listener questions, and we have a phenomenal interview I can't wait for you guys to hear. Um, let's start with Andrew underscore the underscore textbook. Can South Carolina win the series against Northwestern? Yes, I don't understand why they couldn't, but I expect them to win the series against Northwestern, no doubt. Um, John King underscore Big John one. Do you think we can make it to the College World Series? What about the March Madness Tournament? Um, I think the March Madness tournament is definitely more likely than the College World Series. I mean, you have to think with the College World Series, man, eight teams make it. Eight. Out of all the teams in the country, eight get to Omaha. So, I, I, listen, I like this team. 
I think people saw this weekend why some people, including myself, are optimistic about this team. I think this team is going to be much better. I think this is a postseason team. But am I going to sit here and pick us to go to Omaha? No, absolutely not. Not at this moment. The March Madness side of things, you know, this is going to be a big week in determining that. I mean, you have six games left at Mississippi State, LSU at home, Georgia at home, at Bama, Mississippi State at home, and at Vandy. If you can go 2-0 and this week, boy, you really – I mean, you are squarely on the bubble. Like, you are one of those teams trending in the right direction. So, I think it's possible. I think with six games left, if you can go – I think if you go five and one, you're in. I think if you go four and two and even four and two and then win a game or two in Nashville, you're in. But we'll see. I mean, I, and again, I know you're on the bubble watch, but I, I think the potential certainly there. Especially if, I mean, like I said before, heck, A.J. Lawson didn't even have a great game Saturday night, and they still won. So you can get him rolling again. I, I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. I really do. So. I think it's possible, no doubt. Uh, last question, CP3 underscore presents. Which player on this Gamecock baseball team do you think has the most to prove? You know, I'm going to stick with what I said before the season. I'm going to say it's Noah Campbell. I mean, a guy that had a much, much better opening weekend than he had a year ago where I think he was like one for 14 against Liberty, and he never, he never rebounded from that. Uh, he hit 286 this weekend, two for seven at the plate, had an RBI. Um, had three stolen bases. So, I mean, overall – or, excuse me, excuse me, he had five stolen bases on the weekend. He had three on opening night. He was five for six on stolen bases on the weekend. South Carolina stealing 11 bags, by the way, over the weekend, which really solid number. Um, so, a good opening weekend for Noah, no question. Uh, a good opening weekend, I thought, in left field. You know, he had the one ball on Saturday that he overran and I think definitely made a difference in that inning. But uh, Sunday had a really nice catch in the gap. You know, I think he's learning that position. I, don't, I still don't love him out there, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, he's a guy that, again, had a much better opening weekend than a year ago. I still say he's probably the guy, to me, out of everyone on this team that has the most to prove. Can he do it consistently and be a real contributor for this Gamecocks baseball team? But, uh, you know, definitely off, definitely off to a, an encouraging start. I definitely think there were some encouraging things on opening weekend that will tell you that he maybe will break out this season. So we'll have to see. Um, all right. Like I said, I got a fantastic interview. Former Gamecocks right-hand pitcher Reed Morgan. Reed coming by the studio. A phenomenal conversation. First off, great dude. Reed is an awesome dude. If you ever see him around the field, get the chance to chat with him. Humble guy. Just an awesome guy. Really, really friendly. Um, we had a phenomenal conversation just talking about sort of his path, which is a really interesting one. A guy that overcame so much adversity battled through injuries, battled through transfers, you know, landing at South Carolina, almost fate would have it, as you see, as you say, him landing at South Carolina, doing what he did a season ago, now being with the Seattle Mariners. So a fantastic conversation, guys. Be sure to stick around for it. You're going to enjoy it. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Guys, whatever you need tickets to, whether it's Gamecocks, baseball, basketball, football, professional sporting events, concerts, comedy club events, whatever it may be, go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Like I said, guys, they've got tickets to literally anything and everything. Whether you want to go to the LSU game next Saturday, any of the Gamecocks baseball games over the next couple weeks, um, if you want to get your football tickets early, you're going to go watch the XFL, you want to go watch some MLB spring training games, 
anything, concerts, comedy club events, whatever it may be, SeatGeek has got you covered. They've got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So guys, never again are you get to scalp. You're going to have to worry about the tickets real, fake. You know, am I getting the most bang for my buck? Where am I sitting? What did the person next to me pay? On and on and on. They take, all of, they take care of all that for you. They do all the work up front so that you know when you click that buy button, you think to yourself, hey, I have peace of mind now. I know I'm getting the best bang for my buck. I know I'm getting the best value. All I got to worry about now is just enjoying myself when I go to the game or the concert or whatever it may be, whenever I go to the event. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. All right, guys, enjoy this interview with former Gamecocks Ryan and pitcher, Reed Morgan. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, a man that played for Gamecocks baseball in 2019, went four and six, but a 3.8 ERA over 87 innings pitched, 70 strikeouts, was really the leader of the Gamecocks pitching staff a year ago, and was drafted in the 13th round of the MLB draft by the Seattle Mariners, currently in the Mariners organization, probably going to see him at the big league level sooner rather than later. Reed Morgan, appreciate you taking the time. No problem, brother. Appreciate appreciate you coming by. So I want to go ahead and dive right into it again. You're a guy that you did not go from high school, start your career at USC, nothing like that. You actually, out of the high school level, went to Oklahoma State, then went the JUCO route. Take me back all the way back to the high school days. What was your recruitment like, the recruiting process? When did you settle on Oklahoma State? What was that process like? So going in, like I committed sophomore year. So it was kind of early for a normal high schooler to commit. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then it was kind of – for us it was normal, but now it's kind of like kind of just different. But going through that sophomore year, had a really well – good summer. Really mm-hmm. good summer going in. The summer team I played with is kind of how I got noticed. High school really was a little bit, but it was more during the summer. Mm. Um, had a really good summer. Recruiting started coming in, and I started getting kind of, like, <laughs> anxious to, like, see what I can get, where I can go. Sophomore year, because being young, you're just kind of like, oh, holy crap, like, all these schools are talking to you. Mm. Um, so, had a good summer. Went and visited Oklahoma State. I felt like home there. Um, it was a school that – from where I grew up, it was kind of just like the same little small town area to where it looks like, okay, I can feel comfortable here, be home. The coaching staff was awesome. Granted, one of the the guy that recruited me, he had left and went to Washington State and was head coach there. Marty Lees was him. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he was back. He came back this year, actually. Um, But him leaving kind of was like a real toll that took on me because me and him connected very well. Right. As a sophomore, he always kept kept up with me, kind of just made sure everything was good. Going into junior year, had a really good junior year, was committed already. Had a good junior year, and then during the junior year summer, um, elbow popped, had Tommy John surgery going into senior year. Um, but then I was kind of like, are they going to hold on to my scholarship? Are right. they going to keep everything? Or – are they just going to drop me and I'm going to have to find somewhere else? Right. Um, they stayed with me, which was good. And it kind of made me feel more comfortable with them mm. because they stuck with me for the long time that I was not throwing, not doing anything. But um, so I got there, had surgery senior year, didn't get to do anything towards the end of the year. I actually played first base. It's the only thing I could do <laughs> because no throwing. Right. All I had to do was really catch the ball. I actually hit some. But I was going to say, could you swing it a little bit? I mean, I mean, kind of. I just kind of <laughs> pitch your hacks. I could pitch run. Your hacks. I, the thing is, I could run. <laughs> so my coach would literally be like, all right, you're up with that. Fine. 
I'd try to get on. <laughs> like, okay, go. cool. Sounds good. So I'd find, get on and then steal. Right. That's all I would do. But I mean, it was hard going into senior year, not being able to play your senior season. Right. And yeah. it was difficult because you saw the year we had before we were in the postseason, had a good team, came up short. Right. And going into senior year, we had another strong team, had another good group of guys that were going to, we could go further. But with me getting hurt, it kind of just put a damper on everybody. And it was hard to figure out what we were going to do. So it was kind of hard to sit there and just look and watch. But going into Oklahoma State, it was the summer going in. I was still, damn, I was still like, I think I was like six months out of actually like right. throwing live. Mm, right. And so I was still a good bit out. I went to Oklahoma State rehab, did a bunch of rehab surgery, like post surgery, throwing, all this kind of stuff. But then come to the fall, I was like 18 months out when the mm. fall hit. And I had never thrown in a live game. All I've done was bullpens. And right. I got thrown into the fire right away. Mm. And it was one of those things where I was kind of like, my confidence isn't there. Like, mm. I'm kind of nervous. Like, what's going to happen? I'm scared to do these things. Kind of like, I have a mental block. Right. And I was just like, you know what? I've got to do it anyways because I'm here. Right. They stuck with me. So I'm going to do it and make the most of it. And I mean, I had a great time at Oklahoma State. Don't right. get me wrong. I mean, the group of guys that I met, there probably be my close friends throughout the year. Were you on that team that played in the Supers here, or that no? was, was that the, the year before? That was the year before. I okay, came. okay. I'm just um, curious. Yeah, that yeah. was the year before I came, and I remember that because I went to the College World Series whenever they right. Were well, I was going to say I know your yeah. your good buddy Braden. Well, we talked to him yeah. about that. He obviously that was his team, this Carolina team that got beat by them. So yeah. it's kind of ironic. Yeah, we and him go, we and him laugh about that all the time. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, we actually went to College World Series when they went. Mm. And went and watched me and my dad and then a buddy of mine that's with the Royals that finished out at Oklahoma State. Um, we both went before we got there, and it was a good time. But going into that fall was just kind of, like, stressful. I right. mean, I didn't think my body was completely there, mm-hmm. fully there, or, like, ready to go back into the right. game. Like, And then mentally like, it just throws you off, too. I <laughs> yeah, mean, and like you know. Starting to spin stuff, like changes, <clears throat> fastballs, and all this stuff. So fall wasn't great. Mm. but we kind of worked through it and I got through the fall season started and I didn't know what my role was. Mm. I was just kind of up in the air. Nobody really told me. I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, first weekend didn't do anything. Just kind of sat in the bullpen, just, just a normal bullpen guy. And then I finally got my first appearance. We were at ORU and I've never been in an atmosphere full of, fans never been in a college atmosphere before and don't really know how to feel it so my I started getting nervous when I first got on the mound I started to learn how to control my breathing Mm. whenever I was like after Oklahoma State but when I was there I just didn't really know how to control Mm. I mean it was hard to control the things that I knew I could do Mm. but I couldn't do them because I was blocked mentally just trying to figure out what to do but so I didn't have a very good year there and didn't travel. I, I traveled to, I don't know if I did. No, I didn't even travel. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't travel. Just mm-hmm. home games or just normal right. games. And I was trying to get a red shirt, but they uh, blew that in the Texas. It was a te- University of Texas game. Right. It was a ninth inning. We were losing like <laughs> four. And I throw in that game and blow that. I mean, but. I mean, I guess it was bittersweet that they blew it because that gave me an opportunity to 
proceed to the next mm. next journey in my life and going to San Jack. I mean, I can't thank the guys at San Jack enough mm. for what they do. Really good JUCO too. Like really, yeah, one of the it's best. A, it's it's a great JUCO. I yeah. mean, you learn so much. It Luke Little's there, right? That's the one of the Gamecocks yep. Yep. commits right now, which yeah. I highly doubt he comes to school, but you know. <laughs> what, ninety seven from the left side? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's not coming. He's not coming. He won't be here. But um so yeah, I mean going to I had I had a meeting with our head coach of Oklahoma State before they went to the Big Twelve tournament when they won it that year mm-hmm. against uh before they went to that. And he just told me, he said I think the best thing for you would be go somewhere else, mm. go find the confidence that you have and go do better things. Mm. Uh, and right then and there, I knew that that was probably the best thing for me. I mean, right. I could have stayed, but I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities I have now mm. if I would have stayed because I would have just been another guy right. there that hadn't been able to throw. But going on into San Jack, I mean, I didn't, as soon as I got told to leave, I mean, as freshman in college like you really just don't know how to react to that right how to take it and I took it as okay there's a plan for me ahead there's a next step that I can go and I called my summer ball coach I was like hey look this is what happened I need some help so he got on the phone first school to call me was San Jack they Mm -hmm. first people to call me and San Jack's not but 30 minutes from my house right. in Houston. So I went there, love the coaches. I mean, you can't beat the pitching coach there. I right. mean, he was a, he's a 15 year big leaguer. Right. He played with the Cardinals. He, he, he was just, he's just a guy that you can't beat pitching wise. Right. I mean, you learn so much. And I got there and visited and I was just like, you know what? <clears throat> this is cool. Like, I like this. Right. This is, this is nice. So I went there. Throughout the year, we went to fall. The JUCO schedule is unreal. Mm. I mean, it's a full fall and a full spring. Right. So, I mean, I, I definitely got my confidence to where I needed it to be mm. in the fall. <clears throat> and I committed to Carolina in the fall. When, mean, when did they start recruiting you? Was it very early on? Um, it was early, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I was going through at San Jack. I had a good amount of schools that, that have contacted me and mm. a good amount that – wanted me to come. And I, t- I took a couple of visits. I mean, I made the most of all my visits because I, Oklahoma state, I jumped the gun really quick. Right. 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 And I jumped the gun and I didn't really get to experience the other schools. So right. I, I took, I took my visits, <clears throat> had a good time while I took those. But when I came here, when current, when coach current, coach current was the one who texted me, I was sitting in class and I got a text saying, Hey, this is coach current from the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Or, Would you be interested in coming on a visit here? <clears throat> and right then and there, I was just like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't see what they've got going on here. I right. mean, but when well, you knew, I guess Braden had played there yeah. too, right? So I'm sure yeah. that helped. That connection yeah. helped a and bunch. Then Coach Couch, um, he recruited me at University of Houston mm. when I was in high school. Right. So I had a connection with him as well. Gotcha. And um, so whenever he texted me that, I, I, the next weekend I came, it was an Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Arkansas football game is the game I came to. Nice. on my uh official visit it was me and george it was me and nice yeah, yeah. very good <clears throat> it was me and him and me and george have known each other through just because of junior college ball right, right. played against each other kept in contact with each other and stuff like that but coming here i mean it's second to none i mean yeah. 
you can't beat what they've got going on here. You can't beat the town. I mean, yeah, everything about it made me feel like pretty much at home again. Right. And I found a school that I feel at home. Right. And the coaching staff was nothing but welcoming. I mean, they literally made me feel at home and I loved every bit of it because I didn't get that right, my right. freshman year. So I had a bad taste and I knew <clears throat> what I wanted. Right, right. I just had to find it. And I found it with Coach Mead, Coach Current, Coach Lake, Coach Kingston, and Coach Couch. Like those are like they they made me feel like a person that will <coughs> do things here and help right. out what we got going on here. And I mean it just made things so much easier on my decision. Right. And going to the football game, I mean, he made it even better. <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat a game like that in williams Bryce. So right. You can't yeah. beat it. And I've been, I went to multiple games before I even came here, baseball games. I went to LSU game. Mm. And, I mean, the fans there, the atmosphere, you, right. can't, you can't beat any of that. I mean, you, and honestly, you can't beat the SEC as well. Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting the chance to prove yourself <laughs> on that level. I want to talk about the injury real quick because, obviously, again, earlier in your career, mm-hmm. you dealt with a lot of uh, – you know, injury adversity, if you will, did that affect you like mechanically down the road? Did you change up the way you threw it all? I mean, it was, cause I, I, I was impressed last year with you as far as like, you had a very simple, repeatable delivery, mm-hmm. I feel like, but I mean, I'm just curious with the injury, like, did you have to change yourself mechanically or philosophically even coming yeah, back from that? So I used to be straight over the top in high school. Right. I mean, I was straight over the top and whenever I had surgery, I mean, I still was at Oklahoma State. I was still over the top. I was never where I'm at right now. And I don't know what it was. I think it was last – I think it was not last year. It was at San Jack. I think I just – my arms, I just kind of slowly went down. Right. And I just felt – everything felt comfortable. Right. And it didn't feel like anything was, like, pulling or anything. Right, my right. mechanics kind of stayed the same. It's just my arms off and down. Right. And so – and it made things a lot better for me. And – allows allowed me to get more of what I what the sink on my baseball that I have when I throw I mean it it allowed me to be more effective with arm slot than I'm mm. in now and I just rolled with it I mean ever since ever since I went down I hadn't yeah thought of going back up or anything like that mechanically I hadn't changed much yeah. I mean you're definitely a guy where <clears throat> everything you throw moves obviously yeah. which is kind of your game um so talk about okay you get on campus at Carolina you know it's funny because before this season, this was the first season where I've been able to go to scrimmages and see everybody and really have a much clearer picture of what, you know, the lineup's going to look like starting nine rotation, all that good yeah. stuff. So I was going off what other people were saying last year, and they were saying, hey, there's this Morgan kid, and you think he's probably going to be a reliever somewhere in the bullpen. You come out, you're a weekend starter. And then obviously as the season goes, you know, Carmen unfortunately goes down. You take over the Friday night role. I mean, when you got to Carolina – was there necessarily a plan for you? Like, did they say, we see you in this spot? Or was it just kind of wide open, go kind of take the spot, you know, go take whatever spot you can get? Or, I mean, have you – and I'm curious, too, have you seen yourself more as a starter? Do you feel like you are you were a bullpen guy when you got to USC? I mean, like, what's – in that regard, how would you approach that? Coming in, coming in, I was told that I'm going to be right with Sawyer. Right. I mean, I'm going to be right with Sawyer right in the back end of the bullpen. Right. And – it's going to be both of us in that back end, <coughs> that middle to back end of the bullpen. And I rode with it because that's all I got. Right. I mean, at San Jack, I had one spot start, and that was right. it. But coming in, I was just like, okay, I'm going to be in the bullpen. I'm going to be where I feel comfortable. And then the week before opening weekend, mm. Mead calls me. He goes, hey, you're starting <laughs> on Sunday, so get your body in 
get your get you mentally prepared to start on Sunday. Right. And I was like, I mean, what you'd probably been throwing like two innings max and in scrimmage, yeah. maybe three. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'd probably throw three innings max, and I had right. no idea. I wouldn't think right. anything <laughs> about me starting. I thought it was just to see if I can be a deep bullpen guy. That right, right, right. To eat up innings. I had no intentions of starting at all. But when he told me I was going to start, I just took it as okay. Yeah. I've got to do it. I mean, I can't say no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to say no, coach. I want to be in the bullpen. That's where I feel comfortable. So I just took it like a grain of salt, and I just went with it. And I mean, it's going in every role. I pretty much I threw Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Yeah. Um, yeah. You usually threw them all. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did every <laughs> single one, and honestly, I mean, I enjoyed every bit of it. Right. I mean. I, I enjoyed getting thrown into the fire saying, hey, you're starting Sunday and your first ever SEC, like your ever first SEC, not really game, but like atmosphere against Liberty. I mean, and I was just like, you know what? Okay, let's do it. I mean, I was just kind of one of those. I was just like, all right, I got to do it and I might as well ride with it and do what I can do to help us win. Right. And I, I took that mentality the whole entire season is no matter what role I was in, I was going to do whatever I could to help us win. And granted, we didn't – granted, Carmen going down after Clemson, yeah, that was that was tough. Right. right? And that hurt yeah. us a lot. Mm. And you know what? I mean, you guys have got to pick the pieces up where they fall and right. go with it. I mean – Yeah, and I, I mean, I was going to say, just speaking on that Clemson series, I mean, that, that was what, your third ever start? Mm-hmm. You know, before we <clears> – because <throat> I feel like the thing fans all want to hear about is the <laughs> stare down. I mean, that's like – I feel like that's kind of your claim to fame at this point. But – uh how much did you know about the Carolina Clemson rivalry when you got here? I mean, I'm sure again, Braden had some conversations with you, but did it maybe help you being a guy that wasn't like an in-state guy? And so maybe you were a little more calm, relaxed. I mean, just kind of what was the approach to the Carolina Clemson baseball? Because I'm sure you found out very yeah. quickly just how intense I mean, it was. Even talking about it right now, I get goosebumps because of the feeling that I had when that right. game was going on. I mean, I'm not knowing much about it. I knew it was a big rivalry. I mean, I knew because. Prior to me coming here, I saw videos when they played on Adam Hill through yeah, oh yeah. That, that Friday yeah. night. <clears throat> and me and him had me and him had conversation about it as well. Mm. And obviously Braden, he was telling me all about it. I mean, he was telling me how much <laughs> hatred he has for them. And I was just like, why do y'all hate him so much? And then I kind of looked into it. Right, and right. I was like, okay, I see why now. We hadn't beat him in four years. Right. There hadn't been a serious win in four years. Yeah. Yep. And right then, I talked to TJ, and I was like, TJ, how long has it been since y'all beat him? He goes, since I've been here, we hadn't beat him. Yeah. We had not won a series. We got close, but we never won. Right. Yep. And then, right then, I was just like, you know what? Let's let, let's do it. Yeah. It's, it's been long enough. It's been long enough. And we won that Friday night game. As soon as we won that Friday night game, you win the first one, you're guaranteed to either try to sweep Right. Win a series. Right. Guaranteed. <clears throat> so we won that Friday night game and I knew I was throwing Sunday. And right as we won that Friday night game, I mentally locked in after that Friday right. night game to say, you know what, if it comes down to Sunday and we're at home, yeah, it's game over. Oh yeah. It's definitely game over because you come into this atmosphere with the fans in that rivalry. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you can't beat it. I mean, they had their they had their two home games is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a good drive, way to put it at the drive stadium good way to their put two it. home games and they're gonna have their uh, carolina's gonna have their two home games this yes year. I, I can't I mean, wait for that <laughs> right down the, literally right down the road yeah and but going into that sunday game i mean emotions <laughs> were definitely high right i mean they were that that morning i i think i got to the field like 
four hours, four or five hours. <laughs> I mean, I could not, I couldn't stay in bed. Right. Like I woke up and I was just ready to go. Right. I mean, my emotions were high because all the seniors that was there, Chris yeah. Olson, TJ, like those guys, like they never beat them yeah. since yeah. they've been here. And that's something that I like to do because those are, they brought me in here right. as just another guy. I mean, they're friends of mine, great friends. I mean, and I always be friends with them. Right. And they brought me in like I was family to them. And so that made me want to do something for them and also do it for right. the state of South Carolina right. and our fans. And um, so <clears throat> it was just, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I'd sat in, I sat in the locker room for four hours just, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't sit down. I couldn't do anything. I mean, I was jittery as can be, just right. like I normally am on a start. I get on the phone with Braden, start talking to Braden, and he's just blabbing his mouth as he always does, <laughs> saying how much he hates him and this and that. But it it kind of got me to where I was like, you know what? It's time to it's time to go. Like it's game on. Yeah. And hearing the whole thing that went on before Logan Davidson and all that crap. Oh yeah. <laughs> all that crap that went on. I mean, yeah. we didn't really look into it much. Yeah. But we obviously we heard it. Right. I mean, we're oh yeah. You can't media. help but hear it. We're yeah. all on social media. You're gonna you're gonna hear it. You're gonna yeah. media is gonna ask you about it. You know. And we didn't really talk about it much in the locker room, but I took that as the culture we have here. Yeah. The culture that they got there. They can say they have a better one there, but I know damn well that we have one here. Yeah. That's a lot better. And that's a, that that put a fire under my my butt and said, you know what? They're not going to beat us at home. Yeah. And it's it's just not something they're going to do. I mean, it's something everybody's been waiting for for the last four years. Mm. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, you know, before we speak about, you know, your start, what was the more badass moment, your stare down? Or I feel like the moment that's forgotten in that series is Brady Allen hushing the crowd in left field. That was <laughs> – I I was lucky enough to get that clip, and I think I've posted it probably 100 yeah, times. That, that, was, is, that is – and, I mean, he's a true freshman. And I just saw that, and I was like – because I was at the game, yeah. and I was like, did he just – did he just do that? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is – And I, it wasn't even two outs. There wasn't even three outs. That's yeah. what's funny. That's what made it. Even <laughs> He's like, you forget how many outs there were. There wasn't even three outs yet, and he did that. And I was just, I, I was, I was sitting in the dugout, and I was just like, "What did he just do?" <laughs> and then I was just kind of like, and then Kingston started getting was like, "What, what just went on?" Like, yeah, I think I was like, Kingston has to be ripping him right now, or that either that or he has no clue what just happened. The funny thing is, he didn't get it. He didn't get chewed out. He just got as King, Kingston never would. He'll never chew you out. I mean, right. Unless you did something really bad, he'll right. chew you out. He'll always teach you right. rather than chew you out. Right, right. He'll teach you the lesson of saying, hey, I know it's a big – he said, I know it's a big series. You got to control your emotions. Control right. those. Just don't let that happen again. Don't do that again. You know now. Right. Don't do it. And he, he would never yell at him. I mean, and that's the thing that I loved about Kingston is he was always straightforward with you. He would mm -hmm. never yell, never get mad. He would teach you. Mm -hmm. He would teach you what's right and what's wrong. And he would he would make sure that you're on the right path. And with Brady doing that, I mean, it's a life lesson. I mean, right. you learn from it, and you know not to do it again. Yeah, your emotions are high. And he's an out-of-state kid, too. Right, right. I mean, he, he, he was just as much as I was aware of this rivalry. Right. And the emotions got to him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of those things. And same with me with the stare down. I mean, that was – it was a second inning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there, there, I, don't, I don't know what it was. It was second inning, like, 
I guess, I guess what clicked to me and what really got me was that he took more time than I could ever think. Right. I could have walked around the whole field once or twice before he got to the bathroom. And that kind of fired me up and made me be like, okay, you're not going to walk and take your time on our field and take, and try to mix up my rhythm. Right. Because that's all, that's what I'm about. I'm right. about rhythm and I'm ready to get going as fast as possible. Right. I told him, I was told myself, I said, he's not going to take his time. And it was, it was an O2 count through a slider. And yeah. right then, as soon as he swung was when everything, all emotions just yeah. let out and they just let out. And it was, I mean, that was, I still, I still go back and look at that video. Yeah. Because it just, <laughs> it just, it's just one of those things that you can never put down. Right. It's one of those things that will be with you forever. And I mean, when I got after that game, I got back in the locker room and looked at my phone and I think my phone was blown. Yeah. I mean, it was just retweet after retweet after retweet. I was like, what the hell is retweet? Yeah. I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what yeah. it is. That's what happened. But no, that was, it, it got, it got ever as right after that too. And we just blew up. Yeah. I, I'm about to say, I feel like it was like five, nothing the second too. I mean, Luke goes off at the plate. I think Eister went off. TJ went off that weekend. Um, obviously, again, I know the emotions were high for you, and it, it, I will, you know, obviously confirm what you already said is just being there in person. I mean, he took for – it's a good 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good 20 seconds. And it, I think, too, coming in that game with the Davidson comments, with – I forget the kid's name – has the R State thing yeah. written on It's like at some point the disrespect just has mm-hmm. to stop. It's, yeah. it's got to stop. So, yeah, um, yeah that was a badass moment yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they, they definitely got their fair share on, of us on – on that Saturday game, I mean, they got everything yeah. they could out of us. I mean, there was there was times where we were just like, okay, yeah, we might have a chance to win on win on Saturday. We might have a chance. There's a chance, mm. but we all knew. I mean, like I, I went back and looked at the interview with George and Lloyd and Kingston right mm. after the game, and George goes, reads on the mound, we got his back. Right. And right then, I was just like, okay, I can make mistakes, but I can't make mistakes. That first inning when they scored that first run. Right then and there, I, I went to I went into the dugout and I looked at Carmen. I said, Carmen, they're not scoring again. Right. They're not. I'm sorry, but they're not. <laughs> and he's on his crutches. And it's, <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But and I told him, I said, they're not scoring again. Mm-hmm. And we went on with it. And it. It's it's fun to pitch when you have that many runs on the board. Right. Right. You oh yeah. Oh yeah. Runs. I mean, yeah. You can do, especially in a high intent game with the atmosphere that you're in. 10,000 plus people at that game. Like emotions yeah. are high, not just for us, yeah. for the coaching staff, for the fans, for everybody that's diehard South Carolina. Right. Emotions are high. It's all the pressures on them at exactly. that point. I mean, it's, you know. And they're, the pressure's on them for them to try and come back, but right. you can't come back from that. Yeah. I mean, it's like I've heard Kingston say all fall and spring play the odds because the odds are they're going to get out. Yeah. The best hitter is going to get out seven out of ten times. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like, you know, with the stuff you have, the movement, it's like, hey, I dare you to go ahead. Go ahead and yeah. hit it. <laughs> go ahead and put I it in mean, play. <laughs> hats off to Davidson. I mean, late innings, he got he got a hold. Yeah. It went into the visitor's bullpen. I mean, but at the time then, I just – I knew we had it in the bag. Right. I knew we were, we, we had that that checked off. I right. mean, that was another that, – that was a goal that we had checked off right. just to beat Clemson. And once we beat them, I, that was probably the most that that standing ovation I got after that yeah. was probably the best thing that I mean I could ask for because of all the ups and downs that I went through, right? Coming from Oklahoma State to San Jack, the journey that I had, and then being able to do what I did against Clemson, yeah. And 
let the fans know that we're not going anywhere. Right. And them being behind me and everything was probably just is memorable. Right. I mean, I'll never forget what happened. I go back and watch the video multiple times and it gives me goosebumps every time because I've never got to experience something like that. Right. And it's cool to be there with my team and have them up front. I mean, Graham also was the first person out of that dugout. Right. I mean, there's a picture of me and Graham that is probably going to go up on my wall in my house one day mm -hmm. of me coming off the field and us hugging each other. I mean, right. it's probably the best picture that I've had. And it's just, it's just cool to have a family that you can, that has your back and you can lay on to if something happens. I mean, I'll never lose contact with any of these guys. Either. Right. And it's cool to have that. Cause I really didn't have, I had, I had good friends at Oklahoma state and I had good friends at San Jack, but I never had a good group of guys that I stuck with right. and kept in contact with. And I mean, I was just with Ridge with Chapman. Right. I was just with him. Me and him were with each other every day. I mean, we're driving to Arizona together from here. Right. So it's just something like that. Like, we get to enjoy we went to the concert with each other that other night right, and right. things like that it was just things like that i like to do with my friends and having that as a team <coughs> made it so much better right so in that series you brought up earlier but carmen goes down and what was i mean just a freak i've never seen anything like that it's just a total freak injury I, I, how much did you take it upon yourself to be kind of that guy i mean again you, you pitched on all the roles all weekend long but i mean you sort of took over as that Friday night guy. I mean, how much did you take? Was it an immediate thing where you're like, I'm, I'm ready to step up and be the guy? Or, like, what was that? Yeah, no, when like? Carmen went down on that Friday night, I, I, when he went down and he went, so Clemson really doesn't have a big, like, training area. Right, right. You take him in. It's their dugouts right here, <coughs> and then you can just go into the little training room. Right. I sat there with Carmen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I sat there with him whenever he got hurt, and our trainer came in and checked him out, and I went out. But then when he was sitting there by himself, I, I went in there and sat with him. We just had a normal conversation. Right. I mean, just talking about it, and he told me he said, "It's your it's your time to be the guy. <coughs> I mean, whatever happens with me, right? You got to step up." And right then and there, when he told me that, I was just like, "Okay, now it's time to go. No matter what happens, no matter what role I'm in, I'm gonna step up and make sure each game that I throw, we have a chance, mm. and I'm gonna put us in a good spot to where we have a chance. And we had, I think, my best outing in SEC play was Auburn. Right. I mean, seven shutout inning. We shut out Auburn. Mm -hmm. And that was just, I mean, it was just one of those things where I just took it and ran with it. Right. So it was, it was, it wouldn't really, I didn't really dwell on it or sit on it very much. Mm -hmm. I kind of just, right as me and Conrad had that conversation, it was just kind of one of those things that clicked. Right. And I went. So. And I don't, I don't want to dwell on the negative, but I do want to get your perspective because, again, you're a guy that's gone gone through and overcame a lot of adversity. I mean, obviously the season last year did not go the way you guys wanted. I agree with you. I think the loss of Carmen certainly affected that. But it, was, it wasn't it was like it was a bad ball club. Yeah. I mean, I, it was one of those things I felt like where it came down to <clears throat> just one or two at-bats or one or two pitches in like every single weekend. I mean, to give you guys credit, you guys battled. I mean, you guys battled and fought through it. Won this, you know, I think won one of the last series and fought your way into Hoover. I mean, just – you know, when you look back at that season, again, it doesn't go the way you want it to. But, I mean, obviously you're in pro ball now. What were maybe some of the lessons you can take away from that? Again, as a guy that you overcame the injury adversity and then you overcome the adversity of last year. I just feel like that's got to be something where, again, it doesn't go the way you want, but it's it builds a lot of character. There's yeah. no question. Because that team – you guys fought. There's no doubt that team never quit fighting. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously it didn't go the way we wanted it to. I mean, we started 14-1. and one. Yeah, yeah. And – Regular in regular season, then we got in that CC play, and that's kind of when things kind of went downhill. I mean, 
not really downhill. I mean, we kept each other in the game. There was just one bad pitch, right? Yep. one mistake that was made in the field. Just little things that caused us more than just right. what it really could have helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, it caused us cost us a couple games, mm-hmm. cost us a series. I'll, I won't forget the Tennessee game when we go into that Sunday game. I mean, pitching was well. We mm-hmm. did good. It was just little things that could yeah. it, it seemed like that was the big story, too. It was like it never clicked together. Yeah. Like if the pitching was good one day, the hitting was bad. Yeah. And then the opposite. It just like every – it just – for whatever reason, it was just one of those and years. I mean, we never lost hope in each other. We always trusted each other no matter what. I mean, we – every time if we lose a series, we come to the locker room. I mean, nobody would ever dwell on what happened before. Right. It was always what can we do to get better this next mm-hmm. week. And we were, all, we were all for each other. I mean, we never lost – confidence in each other there was just little things that could have been fixed and not having a it's hard to not have a healthy bullpen as well oh yeah you got yeah Graham I mean, out you got ridge yeah. out you got sawyer you got, was out sorry I mean, yeah i mean I, I pretty much what i said was gage henson and sawyer <laughs> one pitcher combined right because <laughs> but they they never lost party both of them and i don't know how they did it mm-hmm. but they did every every day would go out and put it in the work just like everybody else. Would. Right. And it's hard. It's hard not to have a, a solid bullpen. Right. I mean, we had a solid bullpen. There was, it was just young. Yeah. We we're just oh, really yeah. young. I mean, if, last year you just you asked so many guys to do things that maybe they weren't ready to right. do necessarily. I mean, yeah. like a guy like Danny Lloyd, I look at this year who, I mean, I think is going to be one of the better, I think he's going to be a lot better. You know, a lot of people haven't seen, obviously the, the scrimmages, they haven't seen his stuff. And I mean, you know, watching him, I'm, I'm like, this dude could be electric. But you ask him to do stuff last year that's like, he's a true freshman. I mean, it's, yeah. you throw him to the fire yeah. and, yeah. you know, kind of you get a mixed bag. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, you know, it's no shame in it. It's just, that's just how it goes. We had, lot, we had a lot of young guys last year, which, hey, that's okay if you have a lot of young guys. They right. just got to be ready to go. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thought that <clears throat> the injuries we had were going to happen. Right. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Graham, I mean, Graham was out already, but this year he's coming back healthy. I mean, right. He's going to have a – I already know he's gonna. Have yeah, his stuff looks unbelievable. He's gonna have a great year this year, and I can't. I'm excited for him. I'm excited to watch. And but you got, I mean, Brett Carey stood up. I mean, he came in, and I mean, that kid is unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Daniel Lloyd. I mean, he didn't have a great year last year. There right. was good times and yeah. there was bad times. Mm-hmm. But this year, just watching what he's done and how he progressed throughout the summer ball with with the bananas. I mean, all that. I think him going to summer ball was the best thing he ever right. did because he found himself. Mm. He found out how to be the kid he is right. and the pitcher he is. And he got out of his shell. And, I mean, he's he's like a little brother to me. And right. I mean, that I've taken him under. And me and him talk to each other every day. Right. I mean, and it's a, uh, it's a good thing. I mean, he has come a long way. Mm. I mean, his stuff has become elite. Yeah, no, for sure. I say. For I sure. Mean, he learned how to throw a cutter. Mm. Probably the best thing that's ever happened. Is that something I, I want to ask you? Is that something Meade has – is that – because I've noticed a lot. Because I see Carmen throwing a cutter too. And I uh, I think it's uh, Andy Peters. His, I'm yeah. like, his ball's got a lot of cut on it. It seems like a lot of our guys have implemented the cutter, which yeah. I think is a great idea. Yeah, Coach Meade likes to – guys that know how to – can throw it and have arm slots for it. Right. He's going to try and put it in there. Yeah. Just it's have, just a great equalizer. Just I have mean, something else to throw in there. Yeah. And out, another out pitch. You've got a good changeup. You got a good slider. His Daniel slider is unreal. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. It's wipe throw, out. Yeah. Then you throw his cutter in there. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's those are two pitches that you can get guys out. Yeah. That will stay off the fastball. Mm. And I mean, he's going to have a great year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I don't even have to say anything about right. that. I mean, he's going to have a great year. What everybody's seen in the fall, yeah. seen this spring, him and Graham in the back of the bullpen this year are, is going to be. A, yeah, I, I, I feel really good about it as yes. well. So I, I want to go back to you. Obviously, you're drafted 13th round by the Seattle Mariners. I know you were a guy that was kind of going back and forth between coming back and going. And just talk to me about kind of that decision, which, I, you know, I think it was the right decision for you to go, obviously, with hearing the injury history and everything. Yep. But just, I guess, talk about you get that call, you know, what went into the decision, and then just kind of, you know, give us an idea of what it's been like for you, you know, at the minor league level, what you've learned so far, what you're working on, stuff like that. No, yeah, it was – it was very like, it was stressful. I mean, the three days of the draft is probably the most stressful right, I've yeah. ever had. And I mean, I've talked to TJ about it too, and Olson. Like, and I mean, Rid, Rid really didn't know what he was doing, but mm. I'm happy for him that he got picked. Yeah, up. for sure. And but it was stressful. We were all talking to each other those first those three days, and it was just one of those things that was like, when is it going to be our time? Like, when are we going to get the call? Right. And I was on the phone constantly with my agent, just asking, like, what what has he heard? Like, what are you hearing? This and that and this and that. And he said, when I asked him, after day two was over, I called him. I was like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, what, what's what's the deal? Like, I right. thought I thought it was going to be a later, later day two. And he mm-hmm. was like, they think you're better off in day three. I was like, okay, tell them to get me off the board as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm tired of sitting here waiting. <laughs> I said, I want it to happen so I can enjoy it. Right, right, right. And not have to stress. For and sure. He uh, he calls me. It was the Blue Jays. Blue Jays were about to have their pick in the 13th. And um, it was actually after the Mariners, too. And he said, hey, you're probably going to go to Toronto, so just be ready. It's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Like, I, I felt good that right. there's somebody that's going to grab me. Not but two minutes later, he calls me and goes, hey, you're going to pick up by Mariners in the next two picks. <laughs> as soon as he said that, that was probably the best feeling I've ever had. I mean, right. I was sitting there with my family, and it was, it was enjoyable because I've worked, I've worked hard throughout the journey that I went yeah. through. And not having what I had at Oklahoma State, San Jack, could have gone out of San Jack, chose not to, came here, right. had a great year here. And, and got to and now I'm in in a in a profession that not a lot of people have. Oh yeah, for not sure. a lot of people do, and it's just one of the. It means, I mean, it's a gift. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I can't thank God more for the things that He's done for me. Right. And the path that He had for me. I mean, it wasn't a fun path, mm-hmm. but in the end, it's probably the best thing that's happened to me. Yeah. And it was great to experience that with my family. I mean, they were nothing but supportive throughout the whole entire time i mean mm-hmm. me my mom my dad my sisters my brother like they were excited i mean it was it was one of those things you can't take away right. and you'll never forget and it was it was a great feeling to just know that i never have to go through the draft process <laughs> for sure because that was stressful <laughs> and it, it was cool too because seeing tj get picked in the mm-hmm. night like seeing his name get put on the wild, I watched every day. I mean, because right. I knew I had friends that were going to get drafted. Mm. Seeing TJ's name up there, I was I was just about as excited as that as I was when I got yeah. drafted. I mean, seeing seeing Barry Hill's name on there, I was happy there too. Olson Ridge, I yeah. called I called Olson when he got drafted, and he was crying. Yeah, it, it was emotion. I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Is what I call it. 
but it's it's a great feeling to know that whenever you get that call and you get your name picked it's it, that's when you know like not really you made it but like you're there oh yeah, yeah. you're close like you're one step closer to your goal and your right. dream of that you dreamed of when you were a young kid right but no whenever i got drafted it was like not but three days after i flew out to arizona right was it ricky ball for you me? um it, we went to mini camp okay those three days it was our mini camp it was kind of just like physicals mm. kind of practice not really practice bullpens physicals and the third day that we were there i flew out to short season right in uh, okay. everett washington and we flew out there and i was there for a little bit i threw i threw a handful of my innings there mm. to start off with and then i got called up to high and modesto um through a couple innings there it's kind of just a spot but I, I called my agent. I was like, what's this supposed to mean? Like, is this means I'm staying there? He goes, it's, just, it's a spot start, but like, you got to realize you're obviously one guy that they wanted to bring up there to right. put up there because they see that you can potentially be there. All right. And every time I got called up or called back down, I never really took it to heart. Mm -hmm. It's right. kind of one of those things where, okay, I got called up. I'm in Modesto. I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Threw two innings there, did very well. Actually, faced Jonah, which was funny. <laughs> did, who who won that battle? I did. <laughs> he found it out. There you go. Um, but no, it was it, it was cool because I mean, facing him, a guy that he was him and Adam were my uh, hosts on my visit here. Right. Both of them were, and getting to face Jonah was fun because we go back and forth on who wore twenty better. But <laughs> of course, it's one of those things. I mean, but um, then going to West Virginia and. Um, I was in West Virginia for the wet rest of the season, which is in our is our low A affiliate in Charleston, West Virginia. Right. I mean, that's that's where I ended up finishing, and you know I've learned a lot going through Pro Bowl. I mean, it's one of those things where you teach yourself now. I mean, mm. you've got your coaches and your managers and stuff like that, but it's more you have to teach yourself. It's truly your craft at yes. this point. Yeah, yes, it's truly what you need to know what to do right. to get better. So, right. like, right now during the offseason, like, I know I've got to go work out every day and throw hmm. and get better before I leave. Like, I leave in less than a month. Right. And – What specifically are you working on? I mean, just – um, Just so at the end of every year they have a player plan for you that right, right. we sit with our pitching coordinator for and he talks to you about, like, what he wants you to do, what they want you to do, what they see you doing. Mm -hmm. And right now they just want me to kind of occasionally go up in the zone and not – mainly live down right because change the eye level change up. eye levels right. up and work on my slider not being as sharp mm. but being more side to side gotcha which meaning is starting at the hitter's hip and just sweeping across pretty much just sweeping slide right, right and um but those are kind of the two things i've really been working on it's kind of going up in the zone and having my slider but it's been it's been it's been good though i mean it's i think it's good that i can go up in the zone and change the eye levels and he said, whenever I got off the phone with him, he said, you have a chance. You can come into spring training and you can do those things. We notice them and you have a good spring training. You, you, you potentially have a bullpen spot in Modesto, in Modesto which is our high team. <coughs> right. And starting there would probably be, that'd be, that'd be the best thing for me. Right. Starting there. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad starting in West Virginia, but at the same time, I wouldn't be satisfied with it. Right. right. Because of course. I know I can start in a higher level. Right. And, being there is just one step closer. Right. I mean, in our in our organization, our um, AA team is pretty much our big league team. And 
being in high is just one step closer. Right. And, but I've learned a lot. I mean, I've learned a good amount. I mean, it's definitely a culture shock right. when you get into Pro Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. you're with a different, you're with a different group of guys, but there's a lot of guys from the Carolinas that I have, we have one of my buddies that went to uh, North Greenville. He was there, there was shortstop there. Another one that went to Wake Forest. Um, our first rounder was from Elon. Like, oh, wow. Just guys like that. Like, I, I connected with very well and we all know we know guys that mm. that I know and stuff like that and it's just it made it made things better knowing that like I had a group of guys that I kind of hooked up with hung out with and made pro ball a lot better I mean road trips were awful <laughs> yeah I, I always say it's it, the PBJ PB&Js and the uh, the bus rides that's a real thing people, people don't take I came I came to I, I can sleep anywhere. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've learned to sleep wherever and anywhere. Make <laughs> There'd be times where we're on a 10 hour bus ride back home and I'm in the crack of the freaking uh, chair. Just I mean, you have to, right? It's yeah, either that or you don't come, sleep. We had, we had guys getting pool floaties and blowing yeah. them up and putting them on the bus. <laughs> it was things like that. I mean, you, you find a way to get through the bus rides. Which right. I, I feel like the bus rides build character. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's something that, you're working for to get out of the bus rides mm. to where you fly everywhere. Right, right. And that's your goal. Right. We always tell each other, let's make it to where we don't have to be on the bus anymore. Right. Maybe for five minutes. Yeah. Well, let's make it to where we don't have to be on the <laughs> bus anymore. But it's been, Pro Bowl's been fun. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I mean, it's cool that this will be our first spring training. And a lot of the guys like TJ and Barry Hill and Ol- Olsen and Ridge, like they'll all be they'll all be in Arizona. So like we're not but 30 minutes apart from each other. So that's awesome. We're going to have a lot of good time downtime that we can go and hang out with each right. other and go play golf and do things like that. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited for spring training. Then I'm ready for season to get started too. So I'm getting bored. Yeah, but. No, absolutely. So I, I want to get your perspective obviously on this, uh, this 2020 season for Carolina baseball. Cause obviously, I mean, you're going to have as good a perspective if not better than anybody yeah. seeing as you were on the team last year. I mean, you know, this team is good, if not better than anybody else. Um, and you've been around the club, and I've seen you at the field a bunch. I mean, you know the guys. You're talking – we were just talking off air, obviously, the JUCO guys, some of the grad transfers, whatever. Um, you know, when people ask me about this team, and, you know, we, we could go into the details. When they ask me, the one thing I say is I would be floored if 2020 went like 2019 did. Like, with all due respect, you know what I mean? Like, I would just be shocked if – that type of year happening again. I mean, I'll tell you, I fully expect this team to have a huge bounce back year, be back in the postseason. I think Carmen's going to be that dude. I think Danny's going to be that dude at the closer spot. I think we've got bats. We've got guys, some of the grad transfer, Beaver and Bowen, I think are going to absolutely tear it up. And then you, a lot of the guys that were thrown in the fire last year, you know what I mean, that I think those lumps are going to sort of pay off this year. When you, I guess, what would you tell the – the fan listening that, you know, doesn't obviously know this team nearly as deep as you do, like what to expect from this club in 2020. They're going to be good. I mean, they, they're, they're stacked one to nine. I mean, lineup is stacked one to nine. I mean, you can't put a guy in there that doesn't. Yeah. That's not gonna I mean, I, 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 my projected lineup that I had, it was like, I'm like two through seven can, can go yard. Yeah. It, I mean, re- yeah. like really, like. I mean, you, you, you can, you can put anywhere in anybody in any spot with this team and, they're going to do their job. Mm. I mean, they're coached well enough to know mm. that this is this is big boy baseball. Mm. I mean, the new kids coming in, it's big boy baseball. I mean, right. you don't get any better than the SEC, so you got to come ready to go. But no, they're going to be they're going to be good. I mean, their their lineup stacked. Yeah, you know, from one to nine, it's it's nothing but power. Yeah, guys that can 
bunt the ball and they're scrappy. I mean, they're going to be a scrappy team. Pitching staff wise, Carmen, obviously, yeah, he's going to be a, he's going to be a dude. Mm. I mean, just from what I've seen and what me and him have talked about, he's, he's, he's in a different mindset now than Mm. he was last year. Right. I, I told him, I told him, I told him last year, I said, well, actually I told him this year, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it might have hurt us last year. You get hurt, but that's the best thing that happened to you. Right. I told him, I said, it's the best thing that could have happened to you because you got stronger. Right. Your arm got stronger. I mean, he's throwing harder. I mean, (laughs) he's throwing harder. You you got stronger and you're you're mentally there. Right. You're you're stronger mentally now Mm. because you don't want that to happen again. I mean, you're a guy that can attest going yeah. through injury just mentally toughens you up. You have, you have to, to overcome it. You just have to. You don't have a choice. You have to tell yourself at the end of the day that it's going to happen. Right. I mean, that's it's not like – I mean, I told him, I said, you're, it was a freak accident. Nobody knew it was going to happen. You didn't know. Right. And it's just something you got to take with a grain of salt and you just got to move past it. And he did. I mean, he has come back stronger mm-hmm. than he has before. I mean, he's throwing the ball a lot harder. Right. And I mean, there are JUCO guys that have come in. I've talked to a good a good amount of them, um, and they're going to be good. They're going to be good. I mean, with two guys going down, I mean, that just means the bullpen's got to step up. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just. I mean, you're going to have guys that get hurt. I mean, that's yeah. That's, it's just sports. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that, that happens. That's, that's sports in general. I mean, it's life in general. But the guys that are the new guys have got to step up. I mean, right. Danny. Danny's like I said. Danny's going to be unreal out he's, he's gonna have a great year and then moving into this year this next his draft year i mean i hope he has a great year again because yeah. the sky's the limit for that kid yeah i mean with the stuff he's got no question the sky's the limit for that kid and he's he's nothing but good. Mm-hmm. i mean he has he's a he he's an athlete he's gained a lot of weight and he's gotten stronger i mean mm-hmm. from his freshman year and how he looks now it's it's just unreal mm-hmm. and graham with graham being back that that back end of that bullpen is just going to be going to yeah. be nice. I mean, you got Tringali too. Yeah, I like Tringali, like that middle relief yeah. seventh. You got Shook. Shook can be that that middle yeah. relief just as well. And I mean, you got Coin as well. Mm. I mean, coins, yeah, Coins look good too in the spring. Coins, he looked really good. He's like that sneaky, you know, sneaky good guy. Yeah, he's, he's those those the recurners this year are going to be better than they were last year. Yeah. Really. Um, Brett coming Brett coming back as well. Brett's going to be, I mean, obviously, this is what I've said. Brett's going to be our number two. Yeah, no doubt. Two. Yeah, no I think doubt. he's a Saturday he's guy for be sure. Carmen and Brett. Three, you're three guys up in the air. I right. mean, that's, that's how it always is. I yeah. Mean, you're, you're, no, you're, your Sunday guys never made until the week before. Yeah. Because there's always conversation of what's going is on. Is there a guy that has stood out to you? Because, I, you know, to me, like, I'm sort of, like, following along with what you're saying as far as, like, mm-hmm. from just watching – there's a lot of candidates. I don't know if I could sit here and say there's one guy that's really taken the role. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, I've heard multiple multiple guys. What just from talking to the team, what mm-hmm. they think, right? Um, Far could be in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Peters could be in there. I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking Peters probably as yeah. well. I, I yeah, you know. guys like guys like those two guys. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they they could be potential Sunday guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I haven't really got to see Far throw very much right. because. I guess he was hurt earlier, but I never really – I haven't really seen him, but I've heard he's, he's yeah. good. They're, 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 Peters and Farr, I know two guys they're really excited about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I haven't, I've seen Peters throw, and Peters – he throws the ball very well. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a polished junior college kid. I mean, yeah. just like any junior college kid should. Mm. I mean, they're polished. I mean, they know what's going on, and they know the the roads of 
college baseball. I mean, mm. they know how to work it. And that's, that's a good thing to put up. You know, I consider them vets. I mean, yeah. Granted, they haven't been in the SEC yet, but they've been through college. Right, baseball. right. Um, and they both came from good junior colleges. So mm. they know the competition that they're coming into. Right. So those two guys could be my candidates for being that Sunday spot. But, I mean, the pitching staff is just going to be – they're going to be good. I yeah. mean, Meade works with them every day and stays <clears> on. And him and Sawyer both. I mean, Sawyer's now um, – and then one of the – helping Meade out and he'll be coaching first. So All right. that's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be good. Make sure to give him, give him hell. <laughs> no but, doubt. Uh, no, they've been working with each other, and he's made sure that they're all – they're all locked in and ready to go for this right. weekend. I mean, I've stood in on – multiple practices with him and just listened and watched from a perspective that I haven't, haven't seen before. Right. Cause I've always been used to being down there mm-hmm. being with all of them and seeing everything, but he makes sure they're going to, they're going to be good. All the yeah. new guys, they're, they're ready to go. And I mean, I've, I'm in the locker room almost every day because I'm there working out throwing. So I get to see the interactions mm-hmm. with everybody. And I mean, the group of guys that they have there, they're, they're becoming stronger together than that. Like last year, we're, what I say last year is there was like, there was times where like we weren't together mm-hmm. and then there was like guys that really didn't really hang out with each other. And then there was guys that did hang out with each other. So right. it's kind of like two different teams, but there was times where we all came together and we did things together. All right. But this year's team, I feel like they're more outgoing with each other that way. That that's, what's going to make them better right. this year than what we had last year. I mean, last year we, I'm not, I mean, I'm not dogging last year at all whatsoever, right, right. but, there was just some little things that could have been fixed. More guys come together and hang out with each other more and kind of grow as a team rather than grow as individuals. Right. But, I mean, it was that, – that's what I see in this year. I mean, they're going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited for them to see what they got going on. I mean, a lot of freshmen in there, but a lot of junior college kids too. Right. I mean, you, you never – you know, you never look at the competition. And, and I mean, you're, you're a competitor. You're, you're saying, I don't give a damn who lines up across from me. I'll throw the ball across the plate. We'll do it. But is it not crazy? Like, I mean, you guys are taking on like you, you look at the schedule this year. You got to go to Athens. You got to go to Vandy. You got to go to LSU. And I mean, the arms that these guys are rolling out there. I mean, the Hancocks, the Rockers. Like, I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's one of those things where like you know we've given all our predictions and we're our projections for the season, but we're gonna find out really quickly when those SEC series come around. Like, you you better ready. You better be ready to go. And that's what I weird. So I was just telling Beaver last night. I was talking to George as well, and I was telling them, I said, y'all are going to find out what George knows. I mean, George yeah. has been through it. I told Beaver and Bowen, I said, y'all are going to find out what kind of team y'all are. Yeah, when fast. SEC, <laughs> when SEC slay hits. Yeah. And when y'all, you know, when y'all face Hancock, when y'all face Kumar, Wilcox, I mean, when you face yeah. those guys, you better, you, you both better be straight <laughs> because they're yeah. not going to let anything go. I mean, they're going to come at you with everything they got. Yes. Yeah. That's how they are. I mean, every SEC team, from the day y'all start SEC play to the last game y'all play, it's going to be an absolute grind. Yeah. Because the SEC stacked again this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And going to Ole Miss, going to LSU, mm. going to Athens, like things like that, going to Nashville, like. Yeah. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, that, and that's and – You like, got to beat them at their place. Yeah, and that, that, you know, what you said again about Carmen last year. Like, it's uh, – to me, like, I think he's probably the most important piece this year because – Man, if their guy's throwing 97, you better have your – like, you better just have your horse. You know what I mean? It's just a different feeling. You know what I mean? With, with all due respect to when you were starting, by the way, I just – you know, it's just – it's a different feeling when you got your guy going up against their guy. You know what I mean? Like, And that was for me last year. Like, I felt like I was going up against 
every single guy, right. every single team to do. Hey, you got to throw in front of a lot of scouts. I mean, exactly. nothing else. Hey, and I I mean, it benefited there, you probably. Yeah. So. And, I mean, when we played for Andy at home, going to two mark, I was just – that kid's – he's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. Yeah, and, and you're not – like as a pitcher, you know, you're not facing the other pitcher necessarily. No. You're fa- but you can't just help in the back of your head be like, you know, you know what the other guy's mm-hmm. doing. I mean, it's yeah. – you know, you're watching him. I mean, it's it's just – Again, it's just wild the arms you yeah, see on a consistent basis. And that's what that's what why the SEC has so much draft picks. Yeah. yeah. Because of the arms they have, the talent they have in the field, mm. just everything. And I mean, you look at Arkansas. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. Mean, and then Vanderbilt. I mean the West, you I you know, we just kind of changing gears a little bit. I mean, just the West though, I mean, there's there's five, six teams that could win that division alone. I mean, there's there's seven, eight teams that can win the SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is the crazy part when you take a look at it. I mean, A and M's going to be good again this year. Yeah. I think what there's six, six of the top ten are SEC yep. teams. So I mean, A and M's going to be good again this year. I mean, they were good last year. They have their number one guy coming back. Right. <laughs> I mean, Georgia's got their number one guy back. Right. Andy's got their number one guy. Auburn's got their number one guy yeah. coming back. Yeah. Auburn's going to be good. Yep. I mean, LSU. I don't really. LSU much. I have buddies that go there, but I mean, they've always got good arms. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that's they're always gonna. It, it, yeah. I, I look at almost them like South Carolina. Like we always have talent. You got exactly. talent. You like, got talent. I yeah, mean, you're a story program, just right. like we are. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just as not, I wouldn't say just as story as we are because we got two national back back Yeah, but the talent they get is just right. It's right. the talent yep. we get, and I mean, it's. It's it's gonna it's gonna be it's you're you're gonna find out who you are real yeah. fast and that's that's how I was I found out who I was as a pitcher real fast yeah and what I had to do to get through the SEC and I mean I I, I say low A baseball is SEC yeah bottom line I yeah. mean that's that's the SEC right I mean you've got guys I mean I've faced a bunch of SEC guys this year right I mean just going through <laughs> the system and it's it's I mean, this conference is not easy. Mm. It's not. It's it's fun, but it's not fun sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, when you got guys coming out just like last year with Andy. You got Blue Day, Austin Martin, like yeah. guys in that lineup. <laughs> you can't take a, a hitter off. There's just no you, chance. You can't. You can't take. You can't take a pitch off whatsoever. Right. Because if you take a pitch off, that's good. That could be the pitch that you make a mistake. Right. And the whole game turns. Yeah. And that's what well, that's. Like with the one we played Florida, Florida, that game that I threw that yeah. Friday night. I mean, I feel like to myself, I took a pitch off, and that one pitch was the game changer. Right. I mean, that what changed the game. But I don't know. It's going to be. I mean, I'm excited. For yeah, it's game. it's going. It's nothing else. It's a lot of fun. It's I mean, we're we're weekend after weekend. Again, you really get to find out who you are. I mean, like I said, overcoming that adversity. Like you know, you get to grow up real fast. Yeah. So, two questions. I'm going to get you out of here. One of them, I, I want to ask you this: Is your dad the scariest human being on planet Earth? <laughs> okay, everybody thinks he's scary. <laughs> Just looks wise. I mean, I'm sure. Wise, he, yeah, he's, he's he's a scary dude. Me and him have definitely had our conversations together. Right. And he's become very scary to me. Whenever I'm like that. Whenever me and him were fighting with each other, he's a very scary human being. Right, right. At the end of the day, he's the nicest guy you ever meet. I mean, he's. Awesome. You almost got like the uh, like the Strowman 2.0 dad. I'm sure you've seen yeah. Marcus Strowman's dad. He's like a beast too. It's just yeah. it's just so funny because you'd be at the park last year. Everybody's like, uh, "Yeah, Reed Morgan's dad's here." It's like, "Yeah, I think I can pick him out of the yeah. crowd." Yeah, that's what I, was <laughs> I, I call him. I, I tell him. I said, "If there was a crowd of 100 people, I'd go." <laughs> yeah. But no, me and him go back and forth all the time with. 
the Auburn game when yeah. he got more TV time than I did. Yeah. And he was, he was, he, he was on TV more than I was on TV. And they talked to me about that when I was on SEC Network. They asked me about that. And I was just like, he was, he would be in one spot and go to the next spot. Yeah. He would never sit down. I, told him, I said, Dad, you got, you got to sit down. I said, and I, I could hear him every time. Yeah. The Clemson game. 10,000 people, that's the one person I would yeah. hear. And it's just because I've heard it all my That's life. the one that sticks out, man. And it's, it's funny that I heard him, and it's the same thing he says all the time. And I know exactly that's him, and I know yeah. where he's at. And sometimes I get pissed off. Like one time during the game, I literally told him to be quiet because I heard him so many times. Can, can you repeat what he says or not? Is no. It, no. Okay, okay, no. I figured. It's one of those. <laughs> one of those. But, I mean, sometimes I just – I don't really – I've gotten so used to it. Right, right. But it's it's all out of love. I mean, he just wants me to succeed. And he's literally made me the man I am today. Right. Everything in life. I mean, he's he's been the best supporter that I've had. I mean, my mom as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both have, have definitely made my life a lot easier mm-hmm. and have supported me and let me go and do what I wanted to do and pursue my dreams. And it's – I mean, I can't them for what they've done for sure so last question i want to get you out of here just looking back at last year obviously your year at carolina favorite story best memory i mean is there any the funniest story with kingston or something is there anything sticks out that is airwave appropriate obviously or that you want to tell but just overall i guess the one thing that sticks out from your time Man, at usc <laughs> we were at my house last year and we were all just having a little get together and stuff right. like that hanging out and it was like, I think it was like 34, 35 degrees mm. outside. There, um, where I lived, there was, there was a pool, like our like neighborhood pool. Right, right. Right behind my house. Karma runs out the door. Everybody follows him. He strips down, butt-ass naked. Just jumps <laughs> the pool. I said, Karma, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know. I said, I just wanted to do it. It was, it was kind of cool. I got video of it. Everything. That was probably the most... <laughs> That was probably the funniest thing I've seen out of Carmen since I met him. Yeah. It was it, – everybody was laughing. He, he just he – just, he, he just made everybody laugh. I mean, that was one of the, one of the best memories that I had. I mean, just that sticks with me. <laughs> that will always stick with me because you just see big Carmen. Just <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we'll have to uh, – whenever he gets drafted or whatever, we'll have to uh, get him on the show and get his, mm-hmm. get his side of the story. Like, yeah. what was going through your – your mind there, sir. But I was going to say, if there was Columbia TMZ, they would probably pay good money for that oh, video. 100%. Yeah. It, it was, it was <laughs> or maybe, maybe you're just saving it for a rainy day when he gets the Garrett Cole contract. It's like, oh, by the way, this is from yeah, college. This, this is this. Is college. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was. Funny. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of stories that, a lot of ones that I'll remember, but can't be told. But, I mean, I I, I learned a lot being here, and I've gained a lot of good friends. And for sure. Then nothing but, I mean, especially now. I mean, they let us do what we did last year. I mean, are the facility is we get to use it. Yeah. That's what I like about the coaches here is. Right. They Seems like they're very opening to like all, you know, obviously you guys, but like all yeah. alumni, yeah. you know, everybody they're that's contributed arms. to Carolina baseball, yeah, what it is. They're, yeah. They're open arms. They literally let us do, use the cages when they're not, I mean, obviously when they're not using it. Right, right, right. right. like that. Yeah. But if we ever need anything, need to get into the field late at night and stuff, we just, Kingston's always on I mean, every right. coaches. I mean, Kingston, every day, he'll tell us, if you ever need anything, just let me know. Right. This is your home. Make it your home. And it's just cool to be able to, as alumni, come back and have something to right. – a, a facility to use it's 
unreal. I mean, you can't beat the facilities here and mm. be able to use that as pretty much yours like you did whenever you were here. Right. So it's been cool. I mean, it's it's been fun to get back here. I mean, I miss it, obviously. So I come back so much. But, I mean, it's I'll be here next fall. I got one more semester of classes. So I'm oh, nice. Got, okay. Got knocked out. One more season of Carolina football? One more season of Carolina football. <laughs> there you go. Myself. There one you more go. season of Carolina football. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's cool. I still get my tickets to football games. So I can't you can't beat that. that. You can't so, beat it. But it's been, it's been fun. I mean, this – this fall was fun. I mean, it was different because I wasn't right, right. in season. But mm. I definitely got to meet a lot of the new guys. Yeah. And they're – my favorite new guy probably is Colin Burgess. Yeah. Funniest kid you'll Yeah, ever little guy. He's scrappy, though. He's, he's pretty solid. He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I mean, he's, he's – him – it's going to be him and Beaver. Yeah. Behind the plate. Yeah. This on weekends. Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I watched Colin in the fall, and I was like, "This, this is probably our best at that time." I, you know, I hadn't seen enough of Beaver. I was like, "This might be our best defensive catcher." Yeah, like, he's his hands, kid's a stud. His hands are, are are really good, and that's what's going to make him, let him catch as right. much as he will. His bat will come around as you get comfortable with what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. But catching wise, he has the best hands, I think. And Beaver, I mean, Beaver's got great hands too. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that their pitchers are. Gonna, I've, I've talked to Harmon. He says, "I, I can't." I mean, if I were to pick. Those two would be the ones that I would throw in the – just throw – I throw to every day. Right. And I don't care which one's catching. Right. So, it's been it's been cool to meet all the new guys and give the guys that I was here last year a bunch of hell. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially Daniel and Carmen. Yeah. So, but it's been fun. For sure. Well, Reed, really do appreciate it, man. I know I can speak for uh, for all Gamecock fans to say it was a pleasure to watch you uh, sling the rock last year. And let's definitely let's definitely do it again sometime. Yeah, for I, sure, I appreciate you taking yeah. the time, no man. Problem. For Thank sure. You. So for Reed Morgan, I'm Chris Stoltz. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.